Okay, I think it's recording. So then, so then, what do we do? What Are you rolling? Yeah, you're we're, rolling. We're, we're rolling. Okay. Um, so uh, I'm going to get you the money in a minute, and we're going to do a podcast. We're going to talk about a movie. Can you keep that camera trained on me here, buddy? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, good. Yeah, so we're going to do a podcast, um, and this podcast is going out to my son, Stephen. Say hi, Stephen. Hi. Steven, we're doing this podcast for you about the movie Creep 2 so that you can remember it because we know it's going to be really special to you. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> and we're off. <laughs> okay. Fuck. Um, yeah. So, welcome to Every Horror Movie on Netflix, the show where we watch, review, and discuss every horror movie on Netflix. Every goddamn one of them. A to Z, baby. We are up to, like, episode 55. We've watched 53 episodes. on Yeah, something like that. 53 movies. 53 movies. That's fucked. 53 movies on Netflix, not including, like, Halloweens and, and all that. We are We are well on our journey. We're listening to Birds Outside. Tonight. Yeah, birds outside, which is appropriate because I feel like Lewis and Clark. You know, I've always compared our our journey to Lewis and Clark trying to find the passage to the Pacific, going through unknown territory on a mission of discovery. What does that have to do with birds? Wildlife, man. What does Lewis and Clark have to do with birds? <laughs> what do you think they fucking ate? <laughs> <laughs> These birds have been fucking plaguing me, though. I swear to God. I mean. I've lived at this apartment complex for three years now, but I don't think the birds have ever been so loud. The birds wake me up literally every fucking morning. And this past weekend, I was actually watching... Actually, this is a good segue to Netflix horror-related things, because I was watching The Perfection, a great film, in my opinion. Um, And in the middle of this pretty intense film, this bird lands on my fucking balcony and is just singing loud as fuck. And so I literally got up, and Allison with a Y thinks this is really funny i don't i take it very seriously and i just literally went out to the patio and said to the bird can you find somewhere else to do that and it left i have so. to open the restaurant <laughs> in the morning <laughs> at 5 a.m well that's that's, that's very germane to this week's movie creep too because there's yes. a much more intense scene where basically the same thing happens yes i feel like we haven't introduced ourselves yet have we Oh, yeah. Well, it's just the normal gang this week. As always, it's me, Chris, here with Patrick. Yes. And Steve. Trying, trying not to be pissed off by these yes, birds. Yes, I'm here. Yeah, lots of birds. You know what? We got to appreciate them. In 30 years, there will be no birds. They'll all be dead. And we'll probably be dead, too. I mean, they're beautiful. I love birds. I used to bird watch, but I just... I The, the bird song is fucking chapping my games this year. Is That's all I got to say. Is the window open? No, they're just that loud, and I have to put on like my fucking like noise canceling head like the sh- the shit that you wear to the fucking gun range to block those fuckers out. The the worst thing those are not comfortable comfortable to sleep in. I'll tell you. <laughs> the worst thing is when yeah, I'm sure we'll all agree. The worst thing is when you stay up too late because you've watched like three Netflix horror movies in a row, hmm. and you hit the sack at like. 5 a.m. and the birds are chirping as you're trying to sleep. Dude, that's fucked. They're birds, waking up. Birds get up early as shit. That's like nature's way of telling you you fucked up and you your biological clock is bullshit. Yeah. 
And it's especially fucked up in the summer because the sun is also starting to actively rise at that time. Mm-hmm. It's like, holy Oh, shit. God. Gotta drink NyQuil to, to get yourself to sleep when that happens. Oh, God. This yeah. is getting into some... The birds don't bother me, but maybe it's because I live next I to two shit. Jack Russell Terriers. But the birds, I, I find that so comforting, actually. I, I wish I did. I really wish I did. I mean, because once again, love them. God bless them. God bless. But I have a very Mark Duplass-like relationship with birds. What can I say? So yeah, we're, you're going to hear some birds maybe on this episode. You may hear a motorcycle. You may hear an ambulance, God forbid. You may hear an air helicopter or an airplane. <laughs> we God got, forbid, because that would mean like something yeah. awful happening to someone. We got the screens open so we can get the fresh air and get that summer air. You know, we only get it two months a year here mm-hmm. in Michigan. So mm-hmm. that, That's a generous estimate. Yeah. So what did we watch this week, guys? Creep 2. Creep 2. Who was looking forward to this one? Too, creep, your too creepy. Say I. Oh, I was. So, I mean, I, I was curious because, I mean, as you all know, we all had a pretty underwhelmed reaction to the first Creep. But I was fascinated to learn there was a sequel, let alone that the Mark Duplass character returned. I figured that this was one of those, like, cash-ins that shouldn't be a cash-in, you know, where there's the sequel where you're like, Whoever thought, you know, like an American Poltergeist 2 sort of thing, where they just slapped this label, this brand that you wouldn't think would have, like, carry any, like, cachet with it onto a completely unrelated movie. But no, it picks up the story and the character, and Mark Duplass returns, and I was just like, okay, what can you do with this a second time that the first movie didn't do? Turns out, quite a bit. Yeah. I I was absolutely dreading watching it. Uh, As our listeners and you both know, I hated the first Creep. I was very turned off by it. I'm not a Mark Duplass fan. I don't feel like he's ever really, like, embodying a a specific character. More so as he's just trying to be as as deadpan funny as he can in everything he appears in. Mm -hmm. Very pleasantly surprised by this film. Yep. My opinion of the franchise, my opinion of maybe even the director and star of the first one, Patrick Bryce, and my opinion of Mark Duplass kind of did a 180 on this movie. Same. There was enough in the first movie that I liked to where I was really interested in seeing what they did with it for Creep 2, especially when I saw like the Rotten Tomatoes score and saw that like Creep 2 seems to be better regarded than the original Creep. I was not expecting it to be this enjoyable. I enjoyed this movie from start to finish. Yeah. I texted Patrick. I mean, it, it almost felt like they had planned to make this movie, but felt they had to make the first film to set up the character. And that that, that was just kind of like a de facto first step. I mean, yeah. in, in, in reality, this movie could honestly exist on its own, it, like without the first film. I've been thinking about that. Could it? Absolutely, because he shows you the ending of the first movie, and the build-up to that was not really all that interesting or memorable. No, but you do know from the first film this guy's M.O., so that makes it a lot more... But he tells you his M.O. Yeah, but you And it would have been know. even creepier, because I would have been even more confused than, like, in our protagonist's shoes during her initial interview with him. So I think, I, I think we should briefly re-explain the previous one. Uh, Mark Duplass hires a dude online to follow him around and videotape him he basically tells him a shitload of lies the whole time and at the end ends up murdering him after like sort of winning his friendship and quasi trust um and then mark duplass reveals at the end of the movie that he's done this with a shitload of other people that's creep one and yep. creep two starts with a whole new victim who is very quickly dispatched in an opening scene that was absolutely gripping and weird and hilarious and 
I was just totally in with those first eight. Oh minutes. yeah, that first that first kill. Like, yeah, a kill is not often like gets me into a movie, but I was like, all right, they're going for it this time. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, I felt the acting was a little bit shoddy in that first scene. Part of it could have been that again, I was dreading watching this movie and I was looking for every single flaw I could. Mm. But as soon as he dispatches with that kid at the beginning, I like actually like jumped in my seat a little bit and i was laser focused throughout the rest of it yeah because because he's already developed a relationship with this new young man at the beginning of the the movie and finally kills him just like at the dinner table and the way mark duplass plays it is just so weird and disconcerting how he almost seems upset about killing this person or that he doesn't feel the same way about it that he used to like the thrill is gone Yes. For this character, he's forty years old Joseph. now. We find out very soon afterward. Joseph, he's... who is now going by the name Aaron, his victim from the previous movie. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I we'll we'll find out later why, but mm. but yeah, he just slashes his throat in a very sudden moment, very bloody moment, and then just we linger on him, just looking like very upset with himself, and just sort of like disappointed and nonchalant, also about the fact that there's a body on the table, and I was like okay yeah, this which, is kind of like the and i you know the first one is supposed to be a slow boil i i understand that i and i guess it's sort of dumb to say this is what i wanted from the first one you know and didn't get but i don't think it's dumb because what this movie offers us is fully developed characters mm-hmm. like we the protagonist that we'll discuss in a moment in this film was a fully realized person i understood what was going on in her mind, her decision-making process throughout the entire film. In the first film, I didn't really care about the the victim. No. I, I had no idea what his motivations were beyond the money, which he had already received up front. Yeah. Um, There's nothing really to keep me going through it except for the twists and turns and hoping to find out who, um, uh, what the fuck's his name? Mark Duplass? Yeah. I keep wanting to say Jay. Not Jay. <laughs> Not, Not Jay. Jay. I, I, you know, I, I was hoping to find something out about Mark Duplass in, in that film, and and um, and this movie pays off on that level as well. This movie goes uh, down the laundry list of like everything we said we didn't like in the first creep. This movie at least mostly rectifies, it rectifies or at least references in kind of a funny way. Like there are some, there are only a couple of jump scares in this movie. And that's something the first film relied heavily on. And our our protagonist, who we still haven't set up and we should probably right after I say this, he tries the jump scares on her and they don't work on her. Right. Amazing. <laughs> I thought that was great. That was great. <laughs> I mean, this movie almost kind of retcons or well, not retcons, but sort of like gaslights you into like or gaslit me at least into thinking that the first creep was better or that I liked it better. Than I actually did because I feel like this film would not carry the same weight and be as entertaining as it does if we hadn't already seen Joseph slash Aaron kind of go through like his regular bullshit before this new would be victim kind of like turns his whole like bullshit on its head. I, I think that's a that's a solid observation. If I hadn't seen and disliked the first film, I don't know if I would have liked this one quite as much yeah um i mean because like the found footage thing just generally doesn't work for me anyway but but i think having set the bar i think i I think it's a i I think it's a solid film in and of itself one that i would not have watched outside of uh this journey 
I wouldn't have sought it out on my own. I've been aware of these movies for a while, but I don't know. It's interesting to think like, would I have liked it as much if I hadn't seen the first film and saw all of its flaws? I think the first film just definitely helps. I mean, I, I think it just gives you enough backstory and insight into Mark Duplass's character who we don't need to remember his names because his name's arbitrary. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, you asked me last week, would I ever recommend you know someone watch Creep? I'd say probably not. Now I'm like, yeah, watch Creep, and then watch Creep too. This movie gives you a reason to watch the first Creep. It's like Alien and Aliens. I I would yeah. actually <laughs> recommend that people watch Creep too and disregard Creep. I, I I not only because I'm curious as to what that experience would be like, but I think it would work. I do think it works on its own, and it might actually be even more satisfying because I feel like you'd be left even further in the dark, like. Is he a serial killer? Isn't he? Is that video that he shows our protagonist early on in the movie, like, is that real? Isn't it? I don't know. Because that's what's going on in her mind. Because I had that experience watching the first Creep, where it's like, how fucked up is this guy? I don't really know. Mm-hmm. You this, thought Aaron might be the Creep Right, at one I thought point. Aaron might be the Creep at oh, one really? point. In this movie, personally, I got a lot out of kind of having seen the first creep there was kind of that bomb under the bed where i'm like i know this guy isn't joking about being a serial killer i know what he's capable of i guess you could have got that if you just included the scene where in the prologue scene where he cuts the guy's throat that really tells you all you need to know about mark duplass i guess yeah i mean it really does it's like a it's the entire uh the relationship that he has with the protagonist of the first film in miniature and that's another reason I think it would totally work on its own, especially because... But, but we that scene was more entertaining to me because I'd already seen so much of his character previously and it kind of finally had confirmed for me like what kind of person he really was literally in the last like couple minutes of the first creep because uh-huh. it's, it's kind of up in the air, like how much he's lying, you know, how much he's just fucked up, how much he's lonely for a lot of the first creep and then he basically explains his motives in a monologue to the camera at the end of the first creep and so the beginning of this one and i do think this one probably stands on its own but the beginning of this one held so much more weight for me because it's like oh this weird ass guy is back and he's having a midlife crisis about killing i'm in this is interesting it's oddly endearing yeah yeah, i mean that's the other thing this benefits from if you've seen the first creep because this subverts the first creep because we've seen the whole mo and it starts off exactly the same and then he's like he doesn't give a bullshit story about his cancer wife this time he's like oh i'm a serial killer <laughs> this is what we're doing today and you're like okay where is it going we're going totally in a new direction mm-hmm. fascinating so our protagonist this time is a woman who has a youtube show where she goes and answers craigslist ads and videotapes it and she's having her own existential crisis because it's she, not going well. It's she she realizes like she has like nine views on her latest episode. She's talking to the camera, presumably for her like Instagram followers or something, and saying, like, "This show sucks. I'm done. I thought I was a creative person. I can, we can all relate, guys. To that, maybe right? that's why we related to this movie so <laughs> yeah. much." Yeah. Um, but yeah, so her her final episode, she decides to answer Joseph Aaron's ad and uh, Joseph Aaron Mitchell. Joseph Aaron Mitchell, the new American master, goes to meet him, and she's not quite what he expected. Well, she she goes in with the attitude that, like, all right, I've got to really challenge myself and get outside my comfort zone. I thought I was doing it. It's not working. My show is too basic. I Like, basically, she's like, I'm, I'm going to yes and whatever the fuck happens, no matter how mm-hmm. weird it is. 
She shows up at his house. Hilarious comic timing. He turns on his blender as he's making a, <laughs> a green smoothie. The second there's a door. jump scare. There's a jump scare, and it's so funny because I was just thinking, like, God, how long has he been waiting there <laughs> to just to hit that button? And I mean, from moment one, these two are this fascinating odd couple yeah. who just like constantly he says some fucked up shit or asks her to do some fucked up shit and she meets him 110 percent every time and it's, including stripping down naked so that they could like fully trust each other as he asked her to make this documentary in the least sexualized and most aggressive manner imaginable which oh. was fascinating to me. like we see mark duplice's dick but we barely see this woman's breasts that it was that was very interesting to me the way that was shot really fascinating because we know that he is He's looking at her face. He's hoping for her expression to betray some kind of disloyalty. He doesn't mm-hmm. care about her body. He's not trying to sexualize her. He truly is interested in, like, is she my kind of person? Is she is she on my wavelength? We've seen this story before. Faced. We've seen this scene before in American Beauty. Just want to point that out. Yeah. It's been a while. You guys don't have... Why would you guys ever decide you didn't want to watch American Beauty every year? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I just, do do Kevin Spacey and what's her name on dress? No. Uh, um, oh, no. Kevin yeah, Spacey's right. daughter Wes Bentley, and, yeah. and, yeah, yeah, Wes Bentley from right. uh, Insomniac fame. Right. Not, yeah. in, no, not Insomniac. Amnesiac fame. Amnesiac, yeah. 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 American Beauty, a.k.a. Creep the Creep Wool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It, yeah. I, th- this would this would be a hard franchise to watch creep if like Mark Duplass actually like came out as like a sexual predator or a serial killer. I thought you were going to say if Kevin Spacey played the Mark Duplass character, well, but same same thing. difference, same difference. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, uh what came is it? Came out I should say was exposed. <laughs> <as> a- <laughs> yeah, that's more like it. <laughs> What is it that he asks her to do, whereas she really kind of has, like, the do-or-die moment in the bathroom, where she, like, goes in the bathroom, and she's like, this guy is crazy, he's exactly what I'm looking for. I think it's just the decompression period after he shows her the murder videos and has her stripped oh, down. right, yes, yeah, because he shows her yeah. the ending of the last creep. Um, Although, it should be said, he doesn't ask her to strip down. No, she offers. Maybe he would have, but she volunteers before he has to ask her. No, yeah, no, he's he, got he this look at him like he's towel. ready to go. He's like, all right, mission accomplished. And then she's like, what about my turn? And he's like, shocked that she would even offer. Yeah. That's good content. You want some follows. You got stripped naked on your channel. Yeah. That's what also, we're doing Mark in a Duplass, couple weeks. Not exactly hung, but I was a little surprised. I just I haven't seen like full frontal male nudity in a movie, especially somebody I did not want to see naked, but yeah. I was I was impressed. Yeah. I love Mark Duplass. That having only seen these movies and heard him talk to Terry Gross on NPR. And having seen him completely naked. Having only seen his whole cock. <laughs> having feeling like there's no barriers between us anymore. <laughs> he stripped naked, I stripped naked in front of my TV. I was gonna, yeah, I was going to ask. Yeah. Um, no, again, very, somehow, very charismatic and enticing in this role. Even though I know he's a creep, I still am like, I want to be friends with this guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you almost start to root for their weird, not actual romance. Oh, yes. Like, it's never a romance. She never wants it to be. And, I but don't you know. like sort of root for them as a pair almost. Yeah, it's it's like even it's, while rooting for her to get away from him at the same time, it's so weird. I loved. It. I thought it was adorable, and but it also I was like, 
I still don't really know what each of their game is. I'm like, maybe she's a serial killer. Or maybe I wondered that. Or maybe he's planning on killing her. Like, it's, just, it's there's this constant tension, even in these like tender, sweet, sort of comedic, romantic moments. It reminded me of like I don't know if if like Badlands was a comedy or yeah. Like I could see them like teaming up and being like buddy slashers. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. the thing. There's so much. There's so much tension pulling in different ways. You just never know what this movie's about to do. First creep, I was like, all right, I'm pretty clear that this. It's pretty clear that this guy's gonna become a killer, or they're gonna go down in the basement and find Baskin. But um, <laughs> this movie, fuck, it could have ended with them teaming up, going on the road as serial killers. I would have not been surprised. It could have ended with them falling in love. I would not been surprised. It could have ended with either of them killing each other. I would not been surprised. The tension for me, a, a lot of it rested on, all right, there's a lot of ways this can go. I like that they're sort of playing sort of, not fast and loose isn't the right term, but, you know, th- this is like, it, there are lots of like sort of mini twists throughout the film and their relationship. And the tension for me was like, God, I hope, I hope they do the right thing. I hope this is a satisfying end to this. Wow. Because mm. these are the, the, the filmmakers behind Creep 1 after all. Uh, yeah. But also, yeah. also, it's it's all a f- fragile alliance because you get the sense, and I think we know through something Mark Duplass says that he's not being entirely forthcoming with her. She's definitely not being entirely forthcoming with him, and so it's like they're loving each other, they're trusting each other, but it could all topple over at any minute. Yeah, and you get so many like wonderful, well, t- at least two wonderful just reversals of horror movie convention in this that I loved. At one point, she tells him she's going to take a shower, and he gets sort of anxious and starts to think about killing her in the meantime. And so you get the killer's POV shot, because he has the camera now, of him going into the bathroom and going into the shower looking for yeah, her. It's psycho. And then, He's got the knife. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's psycho. And then she pops out and freaks him out. She's like put scotch tape all over her face that she looks like a freak. And she scares the shit out of him. And it's and he admits, like, oh, a, you got me. You got me. And it, like, totally, after he's been trying to jump scare her all movie. <laughs> right. But it totally reinvigorates him because this is not long after he has a fucking like mental breakdown. Right. It looks like Charles Manson in the hot tub listening to the same song over and over again on a loop. <laughs> Which is the other moment I love. The other kind of reversal of convention because he goes downstairs. It, he's been trying to shoot like a trying to get her to shoot like a documentary about him. It has not gone well. He's gotten pissed off about birds. Very relatable oh, moment right. oh, for right. me. I didn't understand what you were referencing. Yeah, b- birds before. keep uh, interrupting. I, I literally snapped that moment and just said, it me. Um, <laughs> but so he gets pissed off about birds interrupting his documentary. He goes home. He goes downstairs into the hot tub. And so she follows him down the stairs. And it's, you know, creepily lit stairs, handheld camera. We've seen this a zillion times, even just on our little every horror movie on Netflix journey. You know, the creepy shaky cam journey downstairs but she is the like kind of the aggressive force in that scene like he's trying to retire from it all and say nope i'm done and she doesn't get spooked she comes down and kind of pushes him out of his comfort zone and gets into the hot tub with him and like massages his shoulders it's all so weird it's such a just a delightful upending of what you're expecting to happen in many many moments we should mention, I mean, th- this movie is truly hilarious, like, throughout. There there are a few long stretches, or not even very long stretches, maybe five to six minutes where there aren't any laughs and things are just 
it's full tension and anxiety, but there are little jokes sprinkled throughout. I mean, like I, I, I watched this alone and I laughed out loud at least five times. I mean, like when we initially see his Craigslist ad and it says like fans of interview with a vampire, a plus <laughs> it's like, cause, and we find out later, like he was like testing the waters. He's like, I was trying to find somebody like me. And it's like, really interview with a vampire is your idea of a scary movie. <laughs> Come on. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a conversation where he gives some insight into kind of how he rationalizes his murdering and stuff, which is yeah. also kind of interesting too. Just that's always a good good thing to have in a yeah. movie. And he's I mean he's uh, he envisions himself as an auteur. He's obsessed with Francis Ford <laughs> yeah. Coppola. Yeah. And like there he are drinks many, a Coppola wine. Many, at one yeah, point. like at one point, uh, uh, our protagonist, whose name I can't remember, is is pouring is pouring a glass of wine, which is kind of a tense moment because he's filming her from behind. You're like, oh god, what's going to happen? Yeah. She brings in the wine. He's like, oh, it better be Coppola. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's so funny because it's like it, it it didn't feel to me, even though it was probably an improv moment. I felt like, oh god, this guy really is that pathetic that he like drinks <laughs> Coppola wine because that's his idol. <laughs> oh my god! But there are lots of like little touches, little details in the in this movie, and, and lots of like I just mentioned, like jokes that kind of pay off later on too. It doesn't feel like it was just made on the fly, which is the sense I got from the first film. Yeah. Well, okay, but on the other side of the coin, the parts of this movie that worked the least for me and frustrated me was when it kind of devolved back into the Mark Duplass fucking around stuff and went too far into just the improvised comedy stuff. Example. Uh, some of the stuff when he's in the river shooting the scene, yelling at the birds. I was like, okay, I'm over this. The bird part I thought was hilarious. Overall, that scene probably went on a little too long. The scene where he's explaining his favorite song got good, but I, I when he was explaining the song and singing it, I was like, this is starting to feel like a bad SNL skit again. So there were, I mean, even arguably... It was a good scene, but even arguably when he's you know stripping naked and stuff, it started to feel very sketchy and like yeah. Mark Duplass being a little too funny than the movie required. There, oh. there was a lot of that, but you know, I felt like it paid off when because because during all these scenes, we're constantly kind of building to like what ends up being for a minute at least like kind of a, a romantic entanglement, a very sweet. F- actually first love story as far as we know between Mark Duplass and 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 the girl and I, I felt like like looking back on it yeah some of those moments went on a bit too her long her name's Sarah I just remembered we can call her oh, Sarah oh of course because that's his favorite yeah, song that's his song oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah but like looking back on it you know those moments they, they ended just soon enough for me to like actually think alright I kind of needed that laugh just then that wasn't so bad like we're back into the reality now and it sets up the the relationship that they end up developing because those moments are like kind of oddly sweet and endearing even though we're in the hands of a psychopath yeah we get, we, we do get to like get this glimpse into like oh he is actually a pathetic child beneath all of that <laughs> and I think that's why she sort of falls for his charms yeah I uh, man I, I really enjoyed his performance in this and it it kind of brings me to think that my problem with the first one was more with the writing or the way that they revealed or didn't reveal that character yeah. than it was with his performance. Actually, I guess I never had a problem they're with his performance one, in the first one. They're one and the same for me, though. It felt yeah. like he felt like he had to riff because the it was a very thinly sketched movie. Like, they were working with a treatment and not a script. But this film, it, it did seem, like, very carefully plotted out with room for improvisation, like, Curb your enthusiasm, I guess, is a good comparison. 
Well, and let's not forget like how great this woman is. I, oh, yeah. I forget oh, yeah. her name. She's a director primarily. She directed The Miseducation of Cameron Post, which sounded really interesting to me. I haven't seen it, though. Mm. The movie where Chloe Moretz like, undergoes gay conversion therapy hmm. and something else. Um, but she's terrific. In she's this. great. Yeah. She's awesome because she's got to play like the, the straight woman to his like crazy bonkers off the wall and predictable psycho goofball character and well, like she so- placed kind of the crazy woman to his crazy person as well yeah sometimes. but there's so many times when like she has to just be stone-faced and appear unaffected yeah in the face of him while we know she's terribly anxious inside in that moment like there, there are a lot there are quite a few of those moments i found to be very impressive and very believable every yeah. scene mm-hmm. she's in the performance has several layers to it which you can't say from mark duplass I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that either. Why? I think there are scenes where he's kind of playing, he plays it a little too broadly comic, but I feel like he's much more grounded in the character in this film than he was in the first. Oh, then the the first, for sure. Yeah. There were were some problems with his performance that I had as well, but on on the whole, I I thought he was committed because part of his character is that he's kind of accidentally funny. <laughs> like, yeah. you want to be, you're supposed to be afraid of him, but, like, he's just really kind of pathetic <laughs> at the end of the day. Oh, my God. I just thought of one of the moments that did make me laugh is when we just cut to him driving the car in the peach fuzz mask. <laughs> I didn't think that was funny. I mean, it was stupid, but it was funny. I thought what she said when when he asked Sarah, like, what if she likes the mask, and she, like, very flatly is like, as a passenger, I'm not thrilled about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. That was the funnier part of that exchange. But yeah, that yeah. was funny. Uh, the other thing that this movie did right for me versus the first one relating to Mark Duplass is he was much more physically scary to me in this movie. I, I, I'm on record saying that I was not physically, I didn't wasn't afraid of him in the last movie. This movie, I'm afraid of him for two reasons. First, obviously, he's up against a woman and who, who we could probably overpower and kill more easily than the you know 250 pound dude in the last movie um, i still am puzzled by why you had that perception of the okay. dude in the last i mean that dude was skinny he weighed he was less not than any of pounds. us he weighed less than well, any you, of us you don't see him very much because he's got the damn camera all the time moot point the camera I'm, adds 150 I'm, pounds I'm, I'm just, it's, it's, it's <laughs> fascinating right. to me that you had that perception all right well we litigated it once the the other part, we didn't litigate his weight specific, specifically but please go ahead anyway so ha- half of it is because he's menacing a woman this time and i'm it's easier for me to accept that he's a physical threat to her the other side of it is the first scene where we see him just slit the guy's throat we're like, okay, this guy's, you know, he's not just clowning around wearing his fucking uh, 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 wolf Beach mask, buzz. gonna hit you over the head with a mallet or some shit, you know, like, this guy can explode and cut your throat and lights out at any moment. He, well, it's, it's just, just a more visceral violence that we see right off the bat than we saw in Creep 1. Hmm. Right. And also, he's physically more imposing. I mean, he's got long hair and a ponytail now. He's got a patchy beard. Oh, yeah, he's, he's got a man he's, bun now. And he's, he's, in, he's kind of in his like pet sounds era brian wilson phase <laughs> where he looks like there's this this combination of like deep depression and menace in his eyes like i was mm. so focused on his which are like really probably his most expressive feature as a human being but in this movie he really exploits that and there are times when you 
you just can kind of tell he could snap at any moment. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, he is he is down and out, but there there's an evil in there that can come out on a dime mm-hmm. if need be. And it looks like he's kind of worked out a little bit more too. Probably knowing he was going to have to have a nude scene <laughs> at some point in the film. I don't know. He still looks. He still kind of looks a little flabby in that. He's still got a little bit of extra, but not as much as he had in Creep. One more thing that I want to mention because I didn't mention it enough, I think, last time. But I have to just give a hand to both these movies for doing so much on their thirty dollars budget and their one (laughs) camera and their you know two or three actors. Sure, Um, you know it's it's you know I gave a screw it to Creep One. Maybe I would revise that in hindsight, having seen Creep Two. But I mean, you did say that you could make a case for all three of the ratings, right? Which was fascinating, but blows me away what they did with such a shoestring budget. I think both of these movies could inspire a lot of uh, aspiring filmmakers and and young filmmakers and filmmakers who are freaking out because they don't have the right camera or the right lights. No, man. Grab your phone. Make something like Creep. Stop fucking around and make a movie. You don't even need a script. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, since we're starting to laud praise on this movie, and I think we began the episode by doing that, maybe we should review it, and then we can get into some finer detail in the spoiler yeah. room. sounds like a great idea. Um, Steven, I'm, I'm most curious about yours, so we'll save yours for last, because that's, that's the only wild card, I think, at this table. Um, all right, all right. I give it a unequivocal view it. I thought it was great. Check it out. I think I've said why I loved it, so it's Patrick. I give it a very strong view it as well, and this is bizarre, but I actually would encourage folks, if you're thinking about watching it, to watch a movie that I gave a screw it, Creep 1, because I do think it lends some good context. I think it makes you enjoy Creep 2 more, um, and it's only like a fucking hour and 20 minutes, so like, you know, what else are you going to fucking do with your life? Steven. I get to view it. Amazing. Wow. I, view it. I really enjoyed this movie. And I say, uh, watch it on its own. There are people who think you have to take the good with the bad, and I don't really believe in that so much. Watch it on its own and let me know what you think. I still think the first was mostly garbage, and I I really believe, in hindsight and upon analysis, that this movie can function well on its own. Possibly, it might even be a better movie on its own, or a more effective film. Really? Not knowing, not having any idea who you're dealing with when Sarah goes into his house. Because we have a, f- a decent idea from the first movie. But I think this movie, like, it almost seemed, there were parts of it that seemed to me like they were premeditated to work on their own, independent of the first film. That's an interesting argument. And you know what? This is the kind of movie that makes me really glad to be on this journey we're on to watch every horror movie on Netflix. Because this is a movie I would never have discovered otherwise. No, once or, every 50 episodes we find a hidden gem. <laughs> or, or especially, you know, if someone's like, check out Creep, I would have watched the first Creep and never watched Creep 2 if I didn't have to. Oh, you're so right. You yeah. know? Guys, I, I just want to point out, we're kind of making history tonight. This is only the third movie that all three of us have given a view of. Yeah, I know. I, I haven't been this moved So a dark since, song uh, and what else? Christine? You want to guess? Oh, yeah. sorry. Chris Christine, already had I it. ruined it. Yeah. yeah. It Which, follows... You know, after I after I saw The Car, I think I might not Christine down to a cue-it. <laughs> I forgot that Chris gave It Follows a cue-it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucker. I'm very proud of that cue-it. And you gave Gerald's game a cue it. I'm proud of that cue it too. Even though Steven and I gave it, uh, I was on the fence because of that epilogue. That's great, but yeah, three view it's a very rare sight on this show. Yeah. I feel like um, I, th- th- this movie is that that blind kid who played the piano on America's Got Talent, and <laughs> everyone was like, "Yes, 
Golden yes, buzzer, yes. baby. Golden buzzer. <laughs> Golden for buzzer creep for creep too. All right, well, we're going to go down the stairs to the hot tub in the spoiler room. Going to listen to Sarah on repeat. And mm. uh, we're going to talk about all the fine details and spoil how how does this movie end. We're going to talk about how that. How the fuck does it how, end? What happens to this house of cards so intricately built for an hour and ten minutes? What happens? Find out in a few seconds or just go watch the movie on your own. Stick around. Welcome back. We're down here in the spoiler room, ready to spoil the shit out of Creep 2. Too down creep, here. too creepy. Down here soaking in the hot tub. Yep. Listening to all our favorite songs. So, uh, basically, I mean, I guess there's a couple t- kind of turning points in this film. It gets pretty twisty yeah. in the final act. It gets pretty twisty. I mean, the first thing that happens is, uh, I don't remember the order of events, but... The the main turning points are he confronts her because he's like, oh, I know that you're just using me for content for your YouTube show. He tries to get her to kill him on camera, claiming that this was his oh, intention God, yeah. the entire time. Yeah. She wants him to cut his head off with an axe, and then he hangs himself, and she has to save him from hanging himself. Dude, Which made me so anxious. I was like... Don't save him because then he's going to kill you. You're going to ruin the whole thing. Here's my spoiler is that I had had a long day when I had watched this movie and I fell asleep. You were thinking of hanging yourself? (laughs) (laughs) That's too real, man. (laughs) Don't go there. We don't talk about that on the show. (laughs) We only talk about fake horrors. I fell asleep for a few minutes and I woke back up and they were like talking to each other and I was like, oh, this is okay. Like, I probably didn't miss anything that important. And for some reason, I forget what caused me to run it back. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I should probably, like, see what I missed. I was like, oh, I missed her almost chopping his head off and him trying to hang himself, although that turns out to be staged. Turns out he had a Like, literally some of the most shocking moments of the movie. But, or, you know, yeah, did he have, was he wearing the harness? Probably, but... Who knows? Yeah, he, he has like a, a goddamn word this man says. Yeah, he has like a movie harness on. Or yeah, whatever, but you don't underneath. know that he was wearing it when he jumped. He because she freaks out. That's a bridge too far. It's real. She's like, okay, this isn't fun games. This isn't a crazy man. This is actually a madman. And she like may or may not be falling for him at this point. I mean, like we learned before that that like he's never. They're they're doing a little uh um, what is it two truths and a, two lies and a truth yeah. or whatever down in the basement. Yeah. Hold on, I just love that Chris just made the distinction between a crazy man and a madman. Yeah, wait, okay, yeah. what's the difference? Yeah, unpack this. I don't think it. I, I think it speaks for itself. A crazy man is just like involuntarily insane. A madman has intent. A, That's what I think. A madman is a menace. Oh. A, uh, a madman is a maniac. Uh, a crazy man could be trying to talk religion under a bridge. He could be doing whatever. He could just be a, a eccentric co-worker. Well, we, we know he's... Wait, wait, wait hold, hold on, though. Oh, okay. We know he's murderous, so why would you say he went from being a crazy man to a madman? Well, man? this is her perception. Okay. She she doesn't know he's you know she's kind of taking the whole murder thing with a grain of salt the whole movie and now it's real this guy just she's tried taking to hang him with a, a, a big glass of Coppola wine this is life say. and death <laughs> now and we find out you know she's not quite as chill as she let on because she never really believed in any of this stuff and when the shit hits the fan she's like I'm putting on my boots I'm getting the fuck out of this house and that's when the guy's tactics start to change Mark Duplass starts to come in at different angles he says hey look I have this harness I wasn't really killing myself it was all me 
whether or not he was wearing that harness at the time, we don't know. And then, I mean, it's it's great, like character, like great scene work. The push and pull between these oh, two, absolutely. you know, how she like kind of pushes him, and then he pushes her, and then she gets freaked out, and he kind of reels her back in a little bit, and she does the same thing to him. It's it's all a it's little bit fascinating cute too. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and then he makes the ultimate pivot, and he tells her, "I was just fucking with you. I'm not a serial killer." Now I'm like, oh, this girl is in trouble now. Oh, my God. Is that the moment where he gives her the locket? Huh. That made me laugh no, out loud. That's, that's a little bit later. Can I mention that scene now? Or uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But shortly after that, he gives her the locket. Yeah, yeah. He, he gives her a locket to to express his undying affection to her because he's ne- we learned earlier he's never kissed a girl before. She's his first kiss. And she opens it up, and it's a picture of his last victim. And and he's like he's like, oh, I mean, it's, it's a picture of me and another guy, but uh, you know, this means the same thing. I don't remember what he says, but it was so fucking funny how he just so like nonchalantly lets that go. Well, he gives the same locket to Aaron in the previous. Movie. That's right. That's right. where it came yeah. from. But like when when he just like tries to explain that away and says like it still means the same thing. I thought it was so funny. I laughed, but it was a very nervous like holy shit, this guy is so fucking weird. Well, at that point, he's got her laugh. out in the woods. Yeah. yeah. And so at this point you know my red flags are going off i'm like this is not good right now mark duplass is in desperation mode the gig is up he's changed the game there's no longer this now he's actively deceiving her with everything he does now he's taking her out into the middle of the dark ass fucking woods i don't like this she's about to get fucking murdered there's also the chilling moment shortly before like the third act starts where she brings up that he promised not to kill her in the next 24 hours and he says oh why would you mention that he's like yeah why would you mention that it's gonna get you into trouble or something like that and it's horrifying so Steven started to talk about this a minute ago and and because we're I'm only like putting this on pause because we're very close to like the actual climax now but Steven brought this up and this is another bizarre (laughs) this is another bizarre moment we should definitely talk about first is the two is the two well in their game it's two lies and the truth isn't it yes normally it's two truths and a lie but in their game it's two lies and the truth is it only two truths and a lie because that's what I wanted to say initially but I'm like that doesn't make sense it's two lies and the truth I played this game before it's two truths, two and, a truths and a lie. Is. That's, that, that rolls it's a, off the it's tongue. It's a getting to know you game, and you learn more about the other person when they're telling you two truths and a lie. Oh, I guess it's right. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, I, I forget what even precipitates this, but I mean, I mean do you want to tell it? You, you kind of started talking about it before, and then we got sidetracked. I don't remember either. I just remember it as an isolated scene that I really enjoyed, but, but he, yeah, he reveals that he's never kissed a girl before. He's never slept with a woman before, specifically. Yeah, he says, I was born, his three things he says are, I was born like a couple months premature, mm-hmm. I've never slept with a woman, and do you remember what the other one is, Chris? No. I don't know, it doesn't matter. But it's, again, it's one of those weirdly like cute scenes. And she she finds out that he hasn't slept with a woman, she offers to kiss him for the first time, and they have this weirdly cute, like, tender kiss that she That's initiates. Really and I think... And it reinvigorates him. I think yeah. He goes nuts after that. He's chopping wood. He's running around the house. He's got all yeah. new ideas about how he wants... He doesn't really want to end his life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, because that's right after he's, like, trying to get her to kill him. Yeah. God, this is a weird movie. I love I, it so much. I think there was a non-zero amount of actual attraction from Sarah. I agree. I, no? I think she has... I mean... 
like I was saying, the scenes that that you and I both felt like went out a little bit too long or like leaned a little bit too much into the the comedy improv comedy side of things i saw that as like we're seeing him through her lens and she's sort of starting to see his flaws and slowly kind of seeing the human beneath the serial killer and starting to kind of fall for him and Mm -hmm. i felt that kiss was well earned Mm -hmm. because of those scenes absolutely and i'm so glad that they kissed i just liked it yeah not something you would expect in a movie like this. No. And it didn't feel creepy either. Like, no. I, I mean, uh, you no, guys keep using the cute. term, like, unsettling. This movie never unsettled me. It made me a little bit anxious at times. Like, ooh, what's going to happen? You but, were unsettled. Oh, there and they're are having many a good day. Moments. And they're having a good day. And she mentions that he won't kill her in the next 24 hours. And he just, like, turns and he's like, why would you bring that up? I felt anxious. I was oh. like, oh, well, maybe he is going to kill her. That was unsettling. But that was it. That I, was, was I wasn't moment. like, oh, he's so scary. That was the moment where I became severely anxious about her. Her life. The and locket was also definitely unsettling. Yeah, I just thought that was. Like, I mean, it's funny. Also, it's a creepy gesture, but it didn't creep me out. I was mainly focused on like, all right, well, this is like things are not going to bode well for her after she takes this, and also that's kind of funny. Well, here's the thing, because so far the movie's been subverting the whole mo that was demonstrated in Creep One. Mm-hmm. Then you see it start to go back to the mo from Creep One, so you know what's going to happen. He gives her the locket he starts yeah. doing voyeur shit on her while she's doing the dishes with the camera and stuff like that he you know he's taking her out to the woods well and the another interesting thing about this movie is the way that the you know one of my main complaints about the first movie was that i didn't think patrick bryce's performance as aaron was great in the first place but i was also not thrilled with the fact that i really didn't even get to see him yeah. you know i didn't get a sense of who he was because you never see him but you see a lot of Sarah in this movie because the camera changes hands a lot and also winds up in places where it's just filming them while no one is holding it. Or she takes more selfie videos than the other yeah. guy did. Yeah, yeah, she does her little her little like reality show confessionals and like in the bathroom scene early on. At least yeah. while she's with Mark. I mean, Aaron did a lot of that at home when he was being stalked, but it wasn't interesting. But the camera itself becomes almost a weapon in a certain way. And in that scene where he gives her the locket, I was very unsettled by the fact that he also had the camera. Yes. Like, he's documenting this. She has nothing. Yes. She just, she looked, she she looked naked in that scene, way more naked well, than she, she looked in the scene where she was actually physically light. naked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's fun. And also, I mean, the, the camera is also like a, like, Alfred Hitchcock's bomb in a way uh mm. that like like and i'd forgotten that like oh wow he's got the camera he's been playing the camera he's gonna see some shit he shouldn't see she's withholding a lot from him like mm. i should have seen that coming but it crept up on me in a nice way did he did he have the camera when he gave her the locket mm-hmm. wasn't that immediately before the shit really started to go down in the woods yeah i think yeah. so because she or had he, the he camera made, at he, that time it's funny I think he takes the camera right after he gives her the locket because you definitely get a shot of her wearing the locket and just standing there and looking very alone right. and very vulnerable. You're right. I do remember that. And scared. She no, looks very scared I, I, I think for maybe, kind of the first time in that moment. I think maybe she hands the camera to him as he gives her the locket and she puts it on. Because I think we I think see he says him like, with the locket, then we see her putting it on, I think. Does he say, like, isn't there a moment where he's like, give me the camera, I want to I don't know. I Mem- give you memory something. is a weird thing. I guess it, it really is. I'm kind of <laughs> tripping out right now. I guess it doesn't matter. I can see 
it both ways. Yeah. By, by the time that she has the locket on, there's a shot of her without the camera, okay. and he's filming her. All right, but then she ends up with the camera back in her hands because he's directing her on which way to look with the camera, and that's when we see that he's dug a fucking grave for them in the middle of the goddamn woods, and we know this is not going to end well. <laughs> then he pulls out her knife. He has her knife because she's been smuggling like an exacto knife in her boot this whole movie just in case she needed it, which was a smart thing to do. It's a hunting knife. And then she's he just, stabs not, himself with it. Yeah, he right. wants... He wants... Repeatedly. He wants them to kill each other and Off die camera, together. You just hear noises, mm-hmm. which are very disturbing, and then you see the wounds after the fact. Mm-hmm. It is a weird moment. And then Sarah is like... It was a little bit like, isn't doesn't something similar happen in the ending of Looper, where you're like, oh, wait, you shot yourself? Right? I don't know, but I really have I been wanting to see of another, Looper again. I kept thinking of another movie where it's like, oh, he shot himself. That's not what I was expecting. Oh, yeah, anyway. yeah, he does. I mean, it's he a does. trope, Spo- I guess. Spoilers for Looper, but yeah. <laughs> Looper, I mean, Looper keeps years. coming up lately. I want to see It just keeps again. coming back around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Almost like that was intentional. But yeah, and then, that, so, I mean, that's he he stabs himself. She's supposed to stab herself, but obviously she doesn't want to do that. He, he wants yeah. her to stab herself so that they can both, like, die together in the grave. There's a chase in the woods, it be, it, and then now it's, now it's definitely predator and prey, cat and mouse in the woods. She's freaking the fuck out. She's not, you know, she's losing her cool. Now he seems to her? definitely have the physical advantage, finally. He's, like, actively chasing her with a knife, pursuing yeah, her, in, trying to stab her. In the her. woods, in the middle of nowhere... In the extreme background, we see him stabbing her, and we hear the noises. and And I was upset at that moment. I was like, "Is this really how this ends after yeah. all this?" Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was in suspense he just for myself. Stabs the shit out of her. I was in suspense for Sarah, and I was in suspense for my rating because I was like, "This is a great movie," but I feel like if he had just murdered Sarah unceremoniously behind that tree, because they both go behind a tree, there's a struggle. We can't exactly see who's stabbing who, but it becomes clear that Mark Duplass has been stabbing the shit out of Sarah. Um, I was I was afraid. For, I was like, I might have to give this movie at least a cue. Yeah, it would have been would have been a cue. I was there. on the fence too in that moment. I was like, you better do this right, motherfuckers. And they did it right. It was completely satisfying, actually. And so he goes up to the. He dumps her in the grave. He drags her apparently dead body into the grave, and I'm like, God damn it. And then he goes up to the camera and starts making a fucking monologue, like he does at the end of the last movie. And then we get this kind of really kind of clever reversal of the ending of the first one where she like drags herself back out of the grave, creeps up on him with the shovel and smashes him in the back of the head with the shovel the same way that he smashed original Aaron with yeah. an axe at the ending of the first. Creep. And takes off running, doesn't grab the camera, which is disappointing because she deserved that footage. We and, got footage. and I'm like, Oh, is that the end? Of- well, that's interesting. You know, found footage movies. I think Steve made a point on a previous episode months and if not years ago. Oh yeah, Ooh, that, I know it. where you're going. Yeah, that like you, you presume the people in found footage are dead because the footage was found, <laughs> right? Yeah. This movie, uh, no one found, no one found this footage. No one found. Well, sh- so she survived. We get kind of a my dinner with Andre ending, sans monologue, where we see her like getting on a subway and New and York I don't like this actual ending. I don't uh, like I, the I don't last, either, like, but, but we assume that like what we have just seen is 
is carefully edited footage of that she has kept because she survived oh, no. this event. No, no, no. Maybe no, not carefully no. edited, but she's got the tape. No, no, no. No, because she doesn't take the camera when she, she runs, runs away. She runs. I, this footage is just, it's been taken. We're seeing it kind of outside the universe of this movie. This footage was not found by anybody. But but she survived and she looks a little little battle worn, but maybe a little more badass as she's walking well, we, down the well, streets. Well, we cut in to New York shot. City, yeah, yeah, New York City, the Big Apple, the Big Apple, the greatest city in the fucking world. <laughs> so they say. You mess with one of them, you mess with all New of them. New York, New York, New York, New York, my kind of town. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. <laughs> and what is she doing in New, New York? York? State of mind. Yeah, she she's in a New York state of mind. She gets on a subway. She hears some some whistling or humming or something on the subway. I don't know. Well, what it's, that was it's the whistling to. that we've heard. He's whistled this song earlier in the film, which I, I didn't him. remember, so not, it didn't mean anything. It's not to me. Billy Joel. It's not the Stranger. <laughs> what is it's it? Not, it's, Do we know? It's not Frank Sinatra. No, he also sings the lyrics to it at one point in this movie, and those are. But very it's not his favorite too. song. Oh, it's not. No, 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 no. Because his favorite song is Sarah something. He said it was Sarah, but then didn't he later say it was like Judy likes. Juicy Fruit, or was that the name of the oh, band? I don't remember. Sarah something juicy. It doesn't matter, I guess. But Sarah likes he, the Juicy he pulled Fruit. It out of his the ass. relevant part for the ending is that it's a, this weird, like, kind of nursery rhyme like thing that he has both whistled and actually sung the words to previously in the movie. And so he's filming her. You, at first, you don't know who's filming we her. You just see her on the subway. We recognize it because we don't see the video that he sends the first victim in the prologue right. scene, but we do watch, see the victim watching the DVD that he got left by for him right. by a stalker, and we hear the whistle. That's all we know yes. about the contents of this footage. So we're bookended with that, and at the end, he's whistling again, stalking her. Uh, and we think maybe this is just like, it's just surveillance camera footage showing us that she's in New York now. But no, then the camera zooms and we see, oh, she's being stalked. And she like looks up and clearly recognizes him. And that's the I, end of the That's film. the thing that troubled me. And I'd have to go back and look at it again. I didn't feel like there was that moment of recognition in her face. I'm like, maybe this is no. non-diegetic. No, there was. She All definitely right. looks directly at the camera. And she there's kind knows. of like a, oh, fuck. Gino. So, end of movie. And I'm happy. I'm satisfied with that. Guys, there's there's going to be a Creep 3. It's already approved. Yeah. It's going to be. Do we even want to see it? CR3. What could they do? CR33P. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, I'll watch it. Yeah. But yeah. will it be good? Like I don't know. Can you imagine them doing... Should should she come back? Should Sarah come back? Or should it be Absolutely. a brand new Absolutely. She oh, should. Okay. Yeah. Because I feel like their story is not done. I mean, he's why has he come back for her specifically? Why has he tracked her down? She's the one that got away. For like the victim that got away and the lover that got away, that's fascinating. Yeah, they're gonna fall in love like like Clarice and Hannibal, uh, or it could be like the honeymoon killers are psychos (laughs) in love and they go on a spree together. I mean, oh man, I just I can't imagine anything else rewarding happening with that story. Me neither, but I couldn't imagine that Creep Two would be as good as it was. So they've bought enough goodwill that I will go with them on the next hour and 20 minute excursion and if that one sucks then we'll cross that bridge. And they better keep it to an hour and 20 minutes or less. (laughs) God bless these movies for being fucking short. Yeah. Yeah. I could have handled a little bit more of this one. If it had edged up to 88 minutes, I would have been okay with that. (laughs) This one didn't. All right, Al Pacino. (laughs) This one didn't feel short to me. Like, the other one felt short. This one felt like I I think it was because I was so immersed, kind of, in the experience. Oh, this one felt shorter to me. Anyway. So, I don't know. I was satisfied with the ending. I was like, great. You know, I don't need a happy ending because it's a horror movie, but I'm glad that Sarah got away. 
and she didn't get killed and now the, the story's gonna continue I don't know what the hell Mark Duplass is gonna do to her on a subway train when she knows he's there uh, but you know how do we know it's Mark Duplass maybe he's got a maybe there's he's got an accomplice maybe that there's we never two knew about. Mark Duplasses maybe it's his brother maybe it's his wife oh god oh. maybe it's Buddy maybe maybe maybe, Peach maybe Fuzz it's is real Jay. <laughs> Duplass. Wouldn't be the biggest. Wouldn't be <laughs> well played. It wouldn't be the biggest twist in the, the in the J universe. Final question about this movie. I mean, unless you guys have other thoughts. No, I'm done. How the fuck do you say his last name? We've said it every which way. Duplass. I think Duplass, it's Duplass. 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 I don't know. Duplass. 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 I don't, he was on Terry Gross. How did you say it? I, I used don't remember. To, I used to say Duplass. This is Fresh Air. I'm Terry Gross. My guests are Jay and Mark Duplass. I think it's just Duplass. 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 Finally, before we wrap up, tonight, and I mean, sorry for the listening audience, but, you know, spoiler alert, we do record these episodes a few days in advance, generally. And tonight, uh, we had very sad news. We learned that Rocky Erickson died. This is vaguely horror-related, because Rocky Erickson, the uh, amazing vocalist and dude behind 13th Floor Elevators... Uh Uh-huh. Um, and who has also had an amazing solo career, wrote many horror-related songs, and uh, died tonight at 72, and we're just thinking of him tonight. And you he know? predicted at a very early age uh, that we were going to miss him. He did. <laughs> With his song, You're Gonna Miss Me. He did. But uh, yeah, Rocky Erickson of uh, Cold Night for Alligators, Two-Headed yeah. Dog, yeah. Night of the Vampire. I may or may not be making that one up, but I think that's a real I song. Think, yes. I would uh, watch all those movies. And uh, yeah. I, I, my personal favorite, I Walked with a Zombie. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you don't know Rocky Erickson already, go listen to some 13th Floor Elevators, go listen to some of his solo stuff, or go watch the amazing documentary about him. I mean, just a wild life this dude lived and a sad life at, at many, many points. Um, go watch the amazing documentary about him. Um, you're you're going to miss me. Yeah. yeah, fantastic film. We are going to miss you, Rocky, and uh, walk with the zombies tonight. Well, I think we'll be playing a little clip of one of his songs on the outro here. But until then, uh, until next time, well, what are we watching next time? We're watching Cult of Chucky, if if uh, if what you've told me is correct. Cult the, of the final film with the seventh or eighth film seventh i think seventh film in the uh the the charles franchise <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and the charles cinematic universe my knowledge of child's play and chucky is is minimal so i'm uh, i'm looking forward to to diving into the deep end on that one yeah i mean just in time for the next child's play movie that's coming out yep. in theaters which is totally different from this other franchise but we'll get into that next episode we'll get into that next episode so see you in two weeks until then for every horror movie on netflix i'm chris i'm patrick i'm steven see you later